Turn in your Bibles to the book of Joel. From the beginning of this sermon, because it could be taken out of context, I want you to say with me, the pastor is not saying anybody is bad. Say it again, because you gotta, you got to get this part. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about that, brother. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of ticked at Brent because he kind of preached my sermon already. But the um, I was reading in the Riverview groups, and I'm kind of begging everybody, uh, even if you don't, can't meet right now with a group, that you get one of those plans. And, and basically what you're doing is you're reading two chapters of God's Word every day. Now, kids, I want to challenge you. If you can't read two, two chapters of God's Word every day, what's going on? I'm serious. I mean, I'm serious. You say, well, I don't like to read. Well, get one of them phone things and listen to it. You know, whatever. Um, we've got to be in God's Word. You know why we need to be in God's Word? Because it's God's Word. And there's power in God's Word, and there's cleansing, and there's hope and in, in God's Word, and we got to be there. But I was reading this week, I read along with and, um, and everything. My wife yells at me because I don't do everything they do, but... Um, one of the verses that we were reading is in the first chapter of Joel, starting with verse 12. And you've got to understand, God, God does run to the end sometimes. And when he does, he gets ticked. And when God gets ticked, there is a curse. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. When God runs to the end of his rope with us, there is a curse. There is a wrath. There is a, let me show you how bad things could be. And what God did in this case was he sent a whole huge herd of locusts down on, quote, his people. Because his people weren't acting like his people. Aren't you so thankful that we always act like his people? Aren't you so thankful that we always think like his people? If you haven't figured it out, I'm being facetious. But guys, we've got to understand there comes a point when he has watched us and he has listened to us, and I'm going to be honest, he just gets done. Are you listening to me? Everybody wants to worship the big genie in the sky, and all we need to do is on Sunday morning uh, come and rub his belly and throw a dollar in the offering, and so everything's going to be okay. And then the rest of the week, we act like hell. I want you to understand, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. 
It is a, it is a, 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 a construct of destruction. And it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Are you listening to me? I'm hearing, oh, you don't understand my life. I don't care about your life. I care about you. Those people around you, they're going to have to deal with God themselves. But the bottom line is what they're dependent on, what they need is for you to become the man or woman of God that God saved you to be. Amen? This verse just caught me. And man, I could write a book on this this verse if I knew how to write. But basically it came down to the vine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate, the palm and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are dried up. Surely the people's joy is withered away. I got to thinking about that and I I just went, you know what? I've got to speak to some issues that I think are extremely important. And ones that I think most Christians are kind of off on. And that is, is what I see in our world right now and too much in the church. We seem to be able to pull it off on Sunday morning, but lots of times, Monday through Saturday, I see a lot of negativity. I see a lot of, let me, does anybody remember the first Sunday when we weren't allowed to go to church and we didn't have cameras or anything. We, we just had my phone. Anybody remember that Sunday? And you know, do you remember what I told you? Stop worrying about this stupid virus. The bottom line is almighty God's in control. If you're supposed to get it, you gonna get it. I mean, there were people then, they were watching all these news stations and they were all, man, they were in their basement. They were digging, they were down there jackhammer because they were digging holes in their basement to get even deeper. And I'm like, you can have a 40 stinking foot crater in your basement. If God wants you to get COVID, you gonna get COVID. If God wants you to croak, cool, you're better off. You understand what I'm saying? Christians, it's time for us to start thinking like Christians and get our head and our verbiage out of the world and get our eyes and our heart and our mind and our soul on Him. But I look around right now and my heart hurts because I see so many even those many who call themselves Christians and they are just down in the doldrums. I mean, they are in the heart of depression. They are in the heart of despair. They are in the heart of degradation. They're in the heart of depravity. They're just down and down and oh my goodness. And every time something happens, it's like the end of the world. And, and there's no hope, and they just feel hopeless and, and helpless. 
Why? Why? We claim to believe in Almighty God. Not John Letterman, thank God. We claim to believe in Almighty God. I don't know about your Bible. My Bible says, in whom there is nothing impossible. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing he can't transform. There's nothing beyond his grace. There's nothing beyond his power. There's nothing. There's nothing. And I've been praying and thinking about this, and I just feel like I need to remember Pastor's not saying anybody is bad because you're going to be able to take some of these comments out of context and you're going to go out of here, and I'm sure one or two will, and they'll say, Pastor said we're all bad. No. What Pastor said is there's an evil one who is an amazing boxer who is looking for that opening in your life. Now listen to this one. And you allow it. And it can go both ways. It can can be weakness or when I was in high school, uh, there were these brothers called the Hostetters and they, they, they grew up milking towels and stuff, you know, on the farm. And, and, and they had muscles in their ears, man. I mean, they were strong. And, but by the time I was a senior, I, I, you know, I, I was probably in their league. And so one day, I wrestled one of them. Kids, I mean, I was strong. I feared no one. He probably pinned me 20 times in the first minute. Everything I did, even though strength for strength, we were probably about the same. Everything I did, he just had this wonderful reaction. And if I pushed this way, he just rolled me over and pinned me again. Folks, we have an enemy who's also a good wrestler. So if we have weakness or if we're overreacting, are you listening to me? He knows what he's doing. Do we? I see so many in depression. I see so many in despair. Now I'm talking about everybody. I see so many who feel hopeless and helpless I I see so many that cannot gather themselves and and bring themselves under any form of control. And here's the great fear I have. We've made that okay. Well, we've got to be sensitive. We've got to be nice. Okay. Remember, I'm not saying anybody's bad. Is everybody listening to me? 
But we've got to understand all of those kind of dynamics. Now we call them mental illness. Now I'm getting into some stuff that people are going to start getting mad at me, and I'm good with that. I don't like you eating. No, I'm just kidding. We call it mental illness, and we give up a name to it, okay? And, and you wouldn't believe the people that come in and say, well, my doctor or my counselor or my psychiatrist said, and I love doctors. I love counselors. I love psychiatrists. They got a lot to offer. But folks, you've got to understand, if they're not men and women of God, they're limited. And I'm busting on them. I'm not saying don't go to your counselor. Then we go to the doctor or the psychiatrist, and you know what he does? He gives us a pill to mask the struggle. Now, everybody listening? Is everybody listening? Raise your hand if you're listening, please. Raise your hand. All right, great. I don't have any problem with pills. Okay? I don't have any problem with pills. It's not my problem. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if we take the pills to mask the problem, we never actually deal with it. I don't have a problem with pills. Listen to what I'm saying. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm not saying anybody's bad. I'm not saying they're throwing a pill. Everybody hear me? If I find out you're going out saying the pastor said don't take a pill or you're going to, be, you're going to go to hell. That's not what I'm saying. You better help me. But kids, here's what you've got to understand. The depths of depression, and I lived it for 10 years, and I'm telling you right now, it wasn't because of some chemical imbalance. It was because there was sin in my life. And I was the preacher. Beat that one, baby. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you calling everyone who's depressed sin a sinner? No. What I'm saying is, is that we've got a great boxer and we've got a great wrestler. Now, I want you to put your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your friends, your family, everybody in here and, and listen to what I'm saying. The reason their joy has been withered is because they have not allowed Jesus Christ in to be Savior and Lord of that area of their lives. What has happened is we've got a great boxer and a great wrestler who is our enemy, and he is looking for any weakness or any over-whatever, overreaction or whatever, and he is looking to come in and fill that void and begin to dominate in that area of our lives. Jesus never, somebody said to me, Jesus never talked about mental illness. No, he didn't. Do you know what he called it? Demonic. Now, I'm not saying everybody's demonic. I'm not, uh, pastor's not saying everybody's bad. Are you listening to me? Okay, I, I, I just hear it. Reverend Letterman says, everybody who struggles is bad. No, but I am saying 
If you're not in the center of God and his word and praying and begging God to come into that area of your life or the area of your kid's life or your grandkids' life or your family or your friends, you've done them a disservice by by saying, well, you know, you're bipolar. There's nothing you can do. Yes, there is. See, I'm done with this. I don't have any problem. There are, bipolar is real. Bipolar is real. My depression, there are times it just kind of overwhelms my mind and my psyche. And, and the bottom line is it, it's like, whoa. Got to get back where I belong. Church. In the book of Joel, go home and read it. It's only two, two chapters. I know that's too much for some, but try it. Take a week and read it. Church, in the book of Joel, do you know who God focuses on as the problem? The president, no. The Congress, no. No. No, no, no. You know, these educators that are whack jobs. No, no. Folks, is everybody listening online and here? He says the problem is the church. You see, folks, we're supposed to be different. Instead of saying... Listen, I look at people, I understand. What your doctor said is true. You're crazy. Okay, no problem. Let me help you with that. I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings. We're all a little crazy. Some of us a lot crazy. Okay, because we were born into and we grew up and we're living in a sinful, selfish world. Are you with me? If that hurts your feelings, oh my, you know. But guys, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be leading this world out of this mess. If you've got family and friends that are out of control, instead of just saying, well, they got problems, say, somehow they allowed the demonic to come in and begin to dominate their lives. And the only hope they've got is for me, the man or woman of God, to get on my knees, get in God's word and pray the hell out of them. You see, the only way joy is ever going to return to our world is when joy returns to us. They need to see. We're dealing with COVID. Yeah, so what? You know, they're dealing with crazy stuff. Yeah, so what? They're having to put up with stuff. I'm telling you right now, if these crazy communists have their way, we're not gonna be worshiping like this after a while. But that would be good because we've become a bunch of sissies because we've had it too good. Just like you said. Are you with me? And the bottom line is we, the people of God, have got to take this serious. Open back up to Joel. 
And we're gonna do a series of, um, of verses that I think are very, very important. After the, the people's joy is withered, verse 13 of chapter one says, put on sackcloth. In other words, humble yourself before God. You priests and mourn. Every one of you is part of the priesthood of believers. Are you with me? You know, you're not church attenders. We're not church attenders. If all you do is sit there and, and look at me, man, you got to step up and be a priest. Are you with me? Um, and, and mourn. Be sorry for the sin that I've committed, you've committed, we've committed, our country's committed, our world's committed. Mourn, baby. Wail. Wail. How serious are we about this? You who minister before the altar, come spend the night in sackcloth. You who minister before my God for the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of God. You know what that says? We should be people who come in here and we're not here just to get, we're here to give. Amen? We're supposed to be laying our lives down just like Jesus Christ laid his life down. Basically, the American church has come, become a thing you come and it's kind of like going to a concert or something. Oh, that was good. That was nice. Big, hairy deal. Did it lead you to become everything God created you to be? Just like Jesus Christ. Amen? Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord, your God. That should be us. Man, we should be going out of here saying, man, the greatest place to be in the middle of this chaos and crazy is the house of God. Amen? And if it's not, shut it down. That's why they don't make me a DS. They don't want me shutting churches down, but I would. Verse 16 says it again. Has not the food been cut off before your very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. Verse, chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with most of your heart. Now, it says return to me with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, your strength, everything. Turn to me with all of that, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Folks, let me ask you something. Those people in your life that are out of control, that you say you love, how much fasting and weeping and mourning are you doing for them? Or are you just griping about them? Ouch. Done it myself. Amen? Rend your heart and not your garments. In other words, enough with the physical outward act. Tear your heart apart and open it up for me. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, oh, praise God, and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Folks, if we don't have this, you do realize where our country and our world is heading, right? You do understand that. Is anybody awake? Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? If we don't turn this around, if we don't lead this world to turn it around, we got to understand 
Our kids and our grandkids got nothing. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Verse 2, 28. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, that's me, will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. Are you there? Are you ready? Do you want it? Are you weeping for it? On your, are you on your knees for it? Man, if your neighbors and friends and spouses and kids and grandkids that are, that are out of control and crazy and really aren't serving the Lord, if they don't see us here, then the bottom line is they have no hope. I'm sorry to be yelling at you. Verse 32, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. As the Lord, he said, even among the survivors of those God calls. Folks, it's time to quit fooling around on the surface with all this stuff around us that we know is out of control and we know needs to be fixed. I love my family, but the bottom line is some of them, they're not mentally ill. They have a demon. And the only hope they have is for me to pray that hell out of them or you to pray that hell out of them. That's the only hope they've got because they don't even see it. They don't even recognize it. They're just like everybody else. I got a problem, I got it, and it's been named, it's been diagnosed, I've got a prognosis, so now I can do whatever I want. No! Well, if you love me, if you're, if you're nice, you're gonna tell me I'm okay. You're not. And you don't have to allow this to control and dominate your life. Now, you understand, when you start talking to them, they're going to look at you like you have three heads. And as ugly as I am, you don't want me to have three heads. And all God's people said, amen. But you need to start praying. And when, when you're done there, you know what else you need to do? You need to start praying. And when you're done there, you need to start fasting. Quit whining about the people around you and pray them through. Quit cutting them slack. That doesn't mean you don't love them. That means you do love them. When they tell you, well, you know, I got this, you say, well, okay, I'm good with that. Now let's go get on our knees and allow God to fix that. And I'm tired of people, even Christians. Well, there are certain things. No, there's not certain things. There's not certain things God can't fix. When he rose from the grave, he fixed it all. When he was here, he healed it all. I am so tired of, quote, Christian pastors and Christian counselors and Christian psychiatrists just say, well, there are certain things. No, there's not. And if you're struggling with things in your life, quit get cutting yourself slack. Get on your knees 
and decide, by the power of God, I will be set free. I will be healed. I will get over this. God Almighty will do that great work in my life if I let him. Now, I ain't saying people are bad. Because, boy, you start telling people their kids are demonic. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to shoot that man. No, I'm not saying your kid's demonic. I am saying, though, that sometimes your child or your grandchild or you, and maybe they learned it from you, has allowed Satan to come into an area of their life, and now he has begun to dominate. And the only hope they have is for us to pray for them and show them by our lives that they too can be set free. I'm done with the joy has withered. It's time for the love and joy and peace of God's Holy Spirit to reign and dominate again in our lives. And then it can radiate out to those around us. Amen? Stop. Stop going along with it. Stop. Stop. Everybody hear me? Stop. Start looking at them and say, you can be set free. You can be healed. Love your doctor, but Dr. Letterman says you can be set free. Amen? Enough. Now, don't go out of here and stop taking your medicine. MacArthur was sued and, and they won $10 million because somebody claimed he told them to stop. I didn't tell you. Did I say stop taking? Did anybody hear me say stop taking your medicine? I'm not saying stop going to the counselor. I'm not saying that. Counselors are wonderful. Okay, but they're limited. But there's one who is not. And he can set you, your family, your friends, and anybody around you free from that which is ripping their life apart. Let's stand. Our Father, lead us. Our Father, guide us. Our Father, give us courage. Our Father, give us faith. Lord, help us to know that there really is nothing beyond your ability to deliver and heal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.